Welcome to the Zenfluence Podcast. This is going to be episode number 28, and I'm fortunate enough to be sitting down with a guest. Uh, my friend Kevin, he started a company called Warrior Leadership, and he's a very interesting dude, has a really interesting story. So first, I'm going to begin the podcast by handing over the mic to him, letting him introduce himself, and then we're going to dive into what Warrior Leadership is and what his definition of a leader is. So uh, uh, here you go, Kevin. Sure. Hey, what's up? Everyone, my name is Kevin, the president of Warrior Leadership. Uh, yeah, our company, we help sales leaders 10x their income, influence, and impact. And uh, I'm just so grateful that I could be here with Jeremy today. To like, my hope is to add some value to your life and you know, serve you today. So yeah, that's my for goal. sure. So I guess I want to begin this off with Kevin. Like, uh, what is like your story from where you started, like back when you were like teenage Kevin to the Kevin you are now you know if you could give like a brief overview of that story and and how kind of like the world leadership thing sparked for you sure yeah my story my story is a long story and maybe not the same as all the other you know people my age that are 24 but uh you know it started you know I grew up in a nice Filipino family they took care of me they loved me I I grew up and I you know, I did a lot of things like karate, sports, and um, I loved hanging out with my friends, right? And I was like, I was like another guy against other guys. Like we were just hanging mm-hmm. out when we were little kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> but as I grew older, you know, my family started getting involved in the church, right? They were busy in church. They were busy with life and they were officers. They took up leadership roles in life, in the church. And my dad was got so busy. He was the head deacon and I watched him as a young age, like lead people. Yeah, you know, to lead people, and uh, to lead people, to motivate, to pray for people, to encourage, and like I just, I just learned so much from him, right? I learned so much, but at the same time, he was busy. Yes, yeah, you know, he was busy, and I didn't have that time I wanted to spend with him, right? I wanted his love and attention, but then I, as we grew older, I got, I didn't get much of that, you know. Time with my dad was really short, and. He was away from home. He was busy, and I wanted his attention. And I thought I could get his attention by joining a gang. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I learned about this recently that, like, you know, I, I joined a crew uh, in, in Calgary, and uh, we started... Wait, so I, how old were you when you joined the gang? I was about 13. 13, holy. 13, yeah. 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 So I was 13. I was a young guy, and, you know, I was hungry. I wanted to prove myself, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted some approval from people, so I joined a gang, and I met an older guy who had it all, right? He had money, he had cars, he had drugs, he had success in my eyes, right? And I wanted that. And I also wanted attention from people. Mm -hmm. And I know I thought if I'm a a bad boy, I can get some attention. Yeah, so I did that. I started hanging with the crew, getting into trouble at school, and I, uh, yeah, I started hanging out with some people, and... My life suddenly changed for a couple of years, right? You know, I was, I was in crime, doing crime. I was doing robberies and home invasions. It started off with just fighting, mm-hmm. you know, fighting in school, carrying knives and thought I was cool carrying a switchblade. Yeah, but yeah. then it turned into fights and then violence and then robberies and then kidnapping. And it kind of escalates quickly, right? Like, like wh- how old were you when you started doing like the robberies and stuff like yeah, yeah. Robert Show yeah, 14, 15. Holy. <laughs> I was a young guy, man. I got kicked out of uni- uh, Bob Edwards. 
I got kicked out of a bunch of schools for trouble. Yeah. And I was in and out of a young offender center. So that's where, that's the start and the beginning of my warrior journey. <laughs> oh, so like when you were like in the center, is that when you started to reflect on, you know, the state of the direction of where you're going and is, is that when the warrior leadership kind of sprouted like right there or? Uh, no, I, during, like when I was in jail, not at that time, that's when it all started. Mm-hmm. But I know that that's where my mind shift, it grew, right? Mm-hmm. Like in there, I was, you know, I was trying to prove myself a lot, fighting a lot. I was segregated a lot. Like they put me in segregation. I was in myself for 23 and a half hours. I wasn't allowed to play with other guys. Oh, yeah. You know, to hang out on the unit. I was, it was called out alone. So it was like double staffed out alone. I, uh, I was, I was like, oh, actually, I was a gang member at the time. So I, I joined a crew uh, during that time. And when I was in jail, that was my, my gang life. Well, that was really when I was pushing myself hard to be a gang member, right? Yeah. You know, I wanted, one of my dreams was to be like a drug cartel. Like, oh, like, 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 it was a big dream. Al Capone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> that was a dream, right? But then, uh, yeah, I... You know, I was, in, I was in prison. I had a lot of anger, right? I, didn't, I wasn't allowed to hang out with other kids in there. I didn't get along. Mm-hmm. And I got sent to Edmonton a couple times. And um, yeah, we got into, we started a lot of trouble, man. <laughs> in there, man. Oh, man, we had a riot in there. It was crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> seen a riot. Man. It was, that's another story. But, yeah. uh, yo. So, so how did you, like, how did you make the shift out of that? Like, cause I think that's a little, that, see, that's, that's unique. That, that is unique. Cause like going from a guy who's like in jail, you know, surrounded by the wrong people. And then you must've formulated something within yourself to say, okay, you know what? I need to like, I need to choose a different path now. And then I think that's when you start to lead yourself because like, I, I always go by this quote, like the best leaders always at some point are really good at leading themselves too. Right. So at some point you made a switch, you made a decision. Right. And I think it's interesting too to, to go from, you know, someone who's in a gang getting in a lot of trouble and then all of a sudden wants starting a make creates a business and he wants to, you know, help people. Right. And I think like yeah, I think it's amazing, man. I think I think that's like what true leadership is. It's it's that change. And I'm interesting like if you talk more about that, like how did you even like where does that come from? Transformation? Mm-hmm. Transformation, yeah. Yo, transformation, man. I, uh, that's cool, because lear- I've been learning a lot about that quote a lot. I've heard it a lot, transformation. Because I think that's what leaders do mm-hmm. for others. They help people transform their lives. And I transform my own life, too, at the same time. And, uh, I don't know. What was the question again? Sorry, I got... Uh, yeah, well, so, like, you made, an, you made an internal transformation at some point, right? So how... How did you like? It's it's a weird question, but how did you make that internal transformation? Like, yeah. If if you could go back and you know think of that Kevin at that age, you know what what was going on through your head, and how did you like get the courage to like pivot and you know choose a new path? Hmm. You know my transformation. It happened. You know, on my doing my third. It was the third year I was doing a prison sentence for. Th- I was in there for three and a half years, mm-hmm. and it was like my maybe halfway through, maybe a year left in my sentence. Sentence that, like, I had enough, man. 
you know, I realized the gang life that I wanted and I really craved for, you know, looking cool, carrying guns, wearing colors, doing drugs. Like, I thought that was cool until, you know, the loyalty that we always talked about, right? Mm -hmm. We used to talk a lot about loyalty in the crew. Like, oh, you're my brother. You're my gang member. You're my friend. I'll have your back. That's what they would always say, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what was really interesting is that they would only say that when they were drunk or when they were high on something. And then when it was time to do trouble or to get into, like, to test the relationship, it was not that. Mm-hmm. So I was tested. And I, I, when I was in jail, I, I was like, okay, like, look, I had none of that friendship, man. No one reached out to me, man. No one answered my call. Maybe sometimes. Some good friends did. Mm-hmm. But the ones that I thought were my friends, no. They didn't. And then, so that's when you made the pivot and you started to realize, okay, I got to leave myself here. Yeah. And then that's when, uh, so, so, when, so I guess jumping into warrior leadership now, when did that begin? Yeah, when I, so when I got out, you know, when I got out of prison, I got out of in 2015. And I, I was, I was uh, in an open, like a, like a halfway house. So mm-hmm. it's like, a, it's an open, it's like an open custody kind of thing. So I was in the community, but I had big restrictions. I couldn't, I, to, I couldn't leave the, like leave the compound. I could go to work. I had to come back. I could go to the gym, but I couldn't go hang out with the friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when it started to change because I went to university, right? I got, you know, the government, thank you so much for like, they paid for some of my schooling. So I went to uni and that's when I started stepping into my own leadership in my life, right? Because I was always told I'm a natural leader by people mm-hmm. that I started some groups and clubs on campus. And it started with MRU Sociables. It was like, uh, it's a massive like student group at MRU that had like 3,000 people in it. Um, me and my friends, we grew that group. Uh, we wanted to promote parties and events on campus and that was cool for a bit, but then I'm like, I don't want to go to parties all the time, right? I had enough of doing drugs and drinking. Yeah. Like getting drunk. But so I started a personal development group. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and it was called the Young Warriors. Young Warriors, right? Um, it came from this group that I, I, I went to. It was called the Mankind Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a group where other men would go and we'd just share how we're feeling, right? Yeah. Like, actually, I think I've heard of that. That's on Meetup. It used to be on Meetup, right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, on yeah. Meetup. I actually saw that on Meetup.com. Yeah. So it's on, yeah, it was on Meetup. That's how I heard about them too, actually. And uh, uh, yeah, so we'd have that Meetup and then we would hang out. We would, um, what else did we do? We would, we would do, dr- uh, no, we would talk about how we're feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the future I, and planning and future planning, not like even just like what's happening for my for me right now. Right. Yeah. Like no bullshit, like just straight up. And I like that kind of stuff. I liked it because it I could go out and share. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's like a brotherhood. Right. Like I think like especially for men and like even, actually not even for men, just for people in general. Like you want like a, like a brotherhood or like, you know, people around you pushing you towards your goals or someone you can relate with. 
Yeah. Right? The big thing was they had accountability, right? Which is some of the things we use in our own program too, mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, my agreements, my commitments. And I learned about just the power of groups. That's where I learned the power of groups. So I wanted to start a group for young men, you know, because in the group, there was just so many older men. Right, older white guys. I loved like I had loved all those guys, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I felt distant. Yeah. I felt separated from them, because they were older. And you can can really get that connection because they're a lot. Yeah, it's an age, it's an age gap, right? It's it's normal. Yeah, like I I wanted that connection with them. And I did. I got it, but in a different way. But I'm like, I want to relate with the other young men. So I started the Young Warriors for a bit. It was, it was okay. We had a couple of meetings. First meeting was explosive. It was at the central, the library at MRU. It was huge. Oh, okay. So what did you guys do in the first meeting? Yeah, we did a check-in. We just checked in and shared what's up. But then the, we tried to make it a club, and the, and the school shut it down. Oh, okay. Well, they, they tried okay. to shut it down. They're like, yo, we don't want this just masculine group here. Um, we don't want this men's group. It's like they just talk about chauvinistics. And we had a lot of flack mm-hmm. coming into the university, right? So Actually, we, that's interesting, too, because when you look at society now, you can see, like, it's kind of splitting apart. There's a lot of different, like, groups online. And, like, there's, like, yeah. see, I, I, always, like, I always like to think about this, but it's, like, it's like women versus men or like this person versus that person, Democrats versus Republicans. Like, no. it's, they try and segment everything, you know, and... I don't know, I think, I think it's interesting, like, what's going on right now when you look at, when you look at the world. And, mm. like, it, it makes sense that they would shut that down, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was... They shut, they shut it down, right? And they... Um... But I guess that's when you realize, okay, I can just, you know, start this thing on my own, I think. Yeah, I, like, I realized I didn't need this... this... <laughs> the school to help me mm-hmm. I needed their help for money and you know support and just be a, a club on campus until I learned that that you know I could do it on my own man. Mm-hmm. I don't need other people to give me permission man. I don't need other people to say yes or no it's okay right and I had enough waiting man I had to wait for permission to go to the washroom in jail. I had to walk on the right side of the hallway in jail. I had to tuck my shirt in when I was walking in the hallway in jail. I had to ask to bring my tray up when I'm putting it back on the cart mm-hmm. in jail. I don't need to ask for permission to help help people. Yeah, and I think that's actually yeah. something that a lot of people struggle with. I've struggled with that, actually. Um, I met this guy, actually, Brian DaCosta, like in, when I went down to Houston. Yeah. I went down to like Alphalete Gym, where like, Christian Guzman is. But I met another like fitness influencer there called Brian DaCosta. And like, I remember one night, like I'd, uh, like he, like I started talking to him, and he started going crazy. He, he like the end of the story is he pretty much was saying like I'm waiting, I'm looking for permission to like start like doing YouTube and like doing Zenfulness, mm-hmm. and like it's like dude, you don't need permission. And I, and I think like it's 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 interesting though because I think that's what so many people struggle with. They have this idea in their head, they have this thing this thing they want to do, but like they are looking for like permission from kind of either like someone who's already already done it or like or permission from their peers or their friend group but it's, at the end of the day sometimes like no one will give you permission it's it's you that has to give that yourself that permission and, yeah. I, and I think that's like all leaders anyone who like starts a business like at some point you have to get over that fear 
of asking for permission. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. Why, why, like, why do I, like, why do people have to wait to ask for permission? Yeah. Like, what, like, obviously, you know, to respect people's, like, let's say if I'm in someone's washroom and home, someone's home, you know, and it's not my home, like, hey, can I use the washroom? Obviously, there's times where I need to be like, hey, can I use your washroom? Can oh, I yeah, use yeah. your phone? Yeah, like, of course, you have to be respectful with it. Like, I'm not saying, like, I think when it includes other people, always ask their, ask their permission, of course. Yeah. But when you're, like, if it's ideas you want to start, like, if they're not, like, you know, harmful ideas, if they're, like, good for the world or, like, creative ideas or, you know, just different things you think could help the world, I think I don't think you should ask for permission. I think you should just no. get going and then see if it gets some traction. And then once it... See, and then this is interesting, too, with coming back to you with Growing Warrior Leadership. It's, like, you started Growing Warrior Leadership, starts to get some traction, and then all of a sudden, you you, like, you don't have to ask for permission anymore. You see no. that it's starting to work. People, there's a there's a place for it in the market, right? There's like there's there's some value behind it, and then it gives you some more drive to keep going with it. Yeah, and I think that's like one of the hardest things I've noticed starting even working with Zenfulness is because when you first start like, either like for me it's a blog, right? When you first start a blog, there's not many readers. No one really knows about it. Even with a podcast, no one really knows about this. But as you get more listeners and a couple more comments, then it gives you that feel to like keep going. Cause like before, if you're creating something and no one kind of like says anything about it, you feel like you're alone. You're like, okay, why am I really doing this? Like, and then the permission thing hits you. But once you see like some real world engagement, then you feel good about it and you feel like you're making a difference and you're contributing. Yeah. Straight hundred percent. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. I think that's funny how you say that. Like on your journey of zenfulness, like, just having those affirmation of people that are watching and listening. And yeah, I was the same way. Like growing my company is warrior leadership still. Like, you know, now that we're expanding, we're helping men and women with leadership skills, mm -hmm. you know, and leadership skills, not just, you know, just men, not we're not just men. We want to open it up, right? Mm -hmm. When we would do videos and when I still do videos now, you know, I would, you know, Sometimes no one watches, man, right? Yeah, but you still have to go with it because if you believe in it, cause it, it it's, it's interesting too because I remember I came to that warrior leadership class, uh, like test it out, see what it's like. And I remember there is like this 13 or 14 year old girl and she was like public speaking and her, her speaking was like on point. And then I was sitting in the chair, I was like, holy, like how, how does she know how to speak like that? Like I was like, this is this is not fair. Like yeah. how, how can she speak like that? And like I, I didn't realize that like at first she, she couldn't really speak at all, right? But, like, she just kept practicing at, at the Warrior Leadership Group, and then now she's, like, a, a crack public speaker. Oh, yeah. Right? And I, and I think, like, yeah, there, there is definitely some value in that. I think, like, it's it, a lot of it does come down to permission because, like, we think about it in terms of the speaking thing. You know, at first you're scared of speaking, and then you have to give yourself permission to go, like, to speak, and then you have to break the barriers and see how far you can go. Mm. And, like, I think... That's why, like, when you start, like, for a warrior leadership sense, it's that community that, you know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to, you know, try something you've never done before and fail in front of people. But you can get better and you can improve over time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Dude, failure, man. Failure, yeah, straight up. Failure, that's, yeah. So, so what, what are your thoughts on failure? <laughs> Failure is a gift, man. It's a gift, man. You know, I'm scared of failure, 
I'm, I'm, I fear failure. But I know that failure is the only way that I can start winning and start helping people. Mm-hmm. That's the only way, man. If I'm not experiencing failure or if I'm not experiencing fear, then I'm not growing. You know, if I'm not becoming who I'm destined to be for people, right? You know, Grant Cardone, we were talking about Grant Cardone earlier. He always says fear is an indicator he's going in the right direction. Mm Mm-hmm. He's, in his one of his books, he's saying, get dangerous. Like, I need to get dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be dangerous. And when he's saying be dangerous, he's talking about all those times where he had to go into danger. You know, making that call, ma- approaching that client, making that tough negotiation. He would talk about being dangerous and how tough it was for him to be dangerous. And So, so do you still feel like with Warrior Leadership, a lot of the pressures of you know, like struggles, struggling to grow it and like yeah. that fear. Do you, do, you, do you ever encounter like lots of fears like trying to grow this, your business and like what are some of the frustrations you have with it? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel fear like you're all the time, man. Yeah. And it's it's a gift, man. I'm not going to say fear is terrible, but fear is a gift because I know that's that's a chance for me to be courageous. You know, when I feel fear, I know there's a chance for me to be confident in that situation. It's just a sign, right? Mm. It's just a sign. It's time for me to be confident, right? And like one fear that I'm going through is like expanding my team, right? Because I've been hiring people and paying people. And it's, it's a fear, a part of me because I'm like, oh man, what if it doesn't pay out? What if I give money and you know I can't pay them and there's no return? Yeah. And like, what if I'm wasting? And what if all these what ifs, right? These stories, man. Yeah, but I think it's a learning process, Kevin, because, yeah. you know, I know with a lot of entrepreneurs, they get to the point where they have, they have to start hiring out for people. Yeah. And, like, it's it's a difficult stage. It's it's fearful because you've never really done that before, especially when you yeah. when you bring, like, an employee in because now they're, you have to, like, they rely on you. You have to make sure they're paid. And it's it's fearful, man. <laughs> like, that's scary, dude. I, I, don't even, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> but uh, you're going to need it, man. Yeah. <laughs> one day with zenfulness, <laughs> right? Yeah. You're, you're gonna have a team one day. Yeah? <laughs> Maybe like, I, I'm with with zenfulness. I kind of wanna. I like it like the the solo route with it, because. But I don't know. You never know. You never know what the future could be. Yeah. Who knows, man? Who knows? But um, yeah. So I guess coming back to leadership, Kevin. Um, wh- what is your definition of a leader? What is the definition of a leader? Or I guess what what does it mean to you? Hmm. It always changes. But what I know is a leader who can unite people together. Someone who can bring people together and go towards a goal. But there's two parts of leadership that I always want to share. We shared, we, we talk about this in our master class. And uh, it's personal leadership and mission leadership. There's two different types of leaders, right? And I think everyone has two different kinds. So the first one is personal, like my own personal goals. Mm-hmm. So they could be for you. I know you go to the gym. You, you know, you're always working out, doing tricep dips and push-ups yeah. and all that. <laughs> you know, maybe your personal goal is to do 100 try diamond push-ups or something. I don't know. Yeah. That's just the personal because it's just you. It involves you. But then mission is like when it involves other people, when I want to help other people. So maybe that would be zenfulness 
helping others with your podcast, you know, talking about meditation, talking about personal development, probably talking about visualization, whatever that is mm-hmm. for people, right? You want to help people learn about that with your, with Zenfulness right here, right? Mm-hmm. That would be your mission. Oh, okay. So personal leadership is more like leading yourself. Yeah. And then mission-based leadership is when like you bring other people into it and, and uh, it's more of like a group, a group kind of type leadership yeah so it's personal and mission and without personal there is no mission oh okay oh that's mm-hmm. interesting actually yeah because yeah and i agree with that too because like it's kind of the saying coming back to you have to lead yourself first before you can lead others yeah um actually coming back to the habit thing i'm interested oh, what habits do you do on a daily basis yeah so like, my, what's your what's your routine like my man my routine i've been working on nailing it down so it's wake up at 4 a.m 4 mm-hmm. a.m. At 4 a.m. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, man, I couldn't imagine that. It's all right. It's yeah, not yeah. bad. I've been doing it lately. And uh, 4 a.m., um, write my goals. That's the first thing I do. Write my goals. I sleep on a concrete floor. On a, like, without, on, not on a bed? No, I don't sleep on a bed. Oh, so, I, like, that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So I sleep, or not a concrete, like it's, there's hardwood obviously yeah. under, on top. Wait, so is that because you want to wake up or like, do you, do you like to sleep on the floor or do you want to like try and wake up or does it boost you to wake up earlier? It actually helps my posture in life. Like I'm, I'm yeah. working on increasing my posture, like not slouching and not having a weird back. Yeah. Cause I'm always sitting. So I want to like, when I sleep on the floor, I, I feel I have a better sleep and my back is straight. Yeah. It's straighter. You know, compared to, you know, there's a, there's a dip in the bed, right? Yeah. Because the natural curve. But, um, yeah, so I do that. I try to get, always get some water in the morning. Drink some water. I, I'm working on drinking a lot of water in the morning. Like, that's a great way to spark my energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, write goals, water, make my bed, I read for 20 minutes, and it has to be on self-development. Oh, yeah. So, I've been working on committing to one book or two books at one time. So, like... Um, I got to commit to it for about 30 days. I don't want to switch between books because that changes. It's, it's like, you know, if, if I'm switching between books in my personal life, mm-hmm. how does that me show up in my real life, right? You know, like if I'm switching here, my commitments to one thing here, how does that show up in my life with other people, right? Yeah, like, well, it's related, right? Uh, I agree with you. Like, uh, I'll be switching my... If I, if I had a girlfriend, mm-hmm. if I was switching here, there's a chance I could switch. Yeah. Right? I'll, 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 on Monday, I'll call her. On Tuesday, maybe I'll cheat on her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I want to switch or something, right? Yeah. Or I'm not committed, you know? And uh, so I've been working on that. And then I'll, 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 I'll visualize for 10 minutes. 10 to 20. And it's a visualize... Lately, it's been a visualization on like, okay... Me as a valuable person, as a leader who can coach and who could train you, Jeremy, or who could train other people, who could train others, and who or who could just add value, right? As a teacher, a speaker, like I need to be like I've been working on being. Okay, look, where am I valuable? How can I like? I'll visualize a part of me that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Well, so like, how important do you think visual vis, uh, visualization has played in your success so far, man? <laughs> Ever since you know, my mentor, he's, he told me the same thing. He's like, visualize that you're a millionaire. Visualize your big success as if it already happened. Because mm-hmm. like, I had really big doubts. So I started doing that, right? And I started doing it and I'm like, wow. Like, 
ever since I started doing it, I've been more confident. I've said things that are scary, that I thought would be scary. I've been in situations that I thought would be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just manifesting like some great things, man. Yeah, well, well I think visualization is definitely important because in Zenfulness, I like to talk about like possibilities, like envision possibility. And like what that talks about is, I actually talked about this in I think two podcast episodes ago. It nice. was uh, cultivate your your internal drive, but I was talking about like you know David Goggins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah David yeah, Goggins, yeah, yeah, hardcore dude. He's, he's, crazy guy. Yeah, he's pretty crazy, but like he, he like in his, I'm reading his book right now, but he talks about how he like you know he because before you do it, like you don't just become a Navy SEAL, you don't just do something crazy, you don't, you, you, you like you don't just run an ultra marathon. You have to yeah. visualize like the possibility of it of you completing that marathon first, right? Like why would you start anything if you if you don't visualize the potential in it, or you don't visualize that you can complete it right and i think visualization is so empowering because it, it just it helps you deal with like failure it helps you deal with like permission and all, all the steps like all the insecurities and all the setbacks that you're going to challenge that you're going to face like visualization helps you kind of get comfortable and like because it's i don't know if the law of attraction thing is like really works but i can but at the same time i know that like the way that it does is like it makes you more like I would say for me at least it makes you more like comfortable right and when you're comfortable then you can take take the actions and so maybe it does work yeah so I I, I think it works I think visualization visualization is definitely like a key habit yeah because you have to see the dream before you you know you make it a reality yo 100% man vision man vision like we t- I said like in our course like 30 day challenge we actually say that um vision mission vision is the second week right mm. and um in it we talk about vision seeing the vision you know when i think of people with visions you look at the greats that have visions man michael jordan had a vision right mm-hmm. 23 man yeah. he has a vision <laughs> man michael jordan martin luther king you know steve harvey had a big vision grant cardone had a huge vision uh, even look at like a uh, Sheryl Sandberg, Facebook. She wanted women to be strong in the workplace, to be a leader in the workplace. Uh, you look at you know Mandela, Dr. King. I think I've already said, but Dr. King had a huge vision. Man. Mm-hmm. He had a dream, man. He had a huge dream for people to like yo. Like I want people to be equal and to like so my my children can walk places where I won't get segregated and discriminated. Man. Mm-hmm. He had that vision that so many people. Well, the, with, the world's different because of, because of him, right? It's it, it starts with vision, right? You, you have to see, and that's the thing too. Like when you're trying to achieve something like big or something you've never done before, yeah. you, you you have to see the vision, right? For sure. The vision's it, it's essential. Dude, it starts with yeah. It starts with us, man. Not us as a group, but me mm-hmm. and you personally, because like that's where the vision starts with, man. I can't, oh, Jeremy will give me the vision, right? You could do that. But if you want to be a great and you want to help people and have a visionary, like if you want to be, have, be remembered, mm-hmm. that powerful vision will be, will have it all, man. Yeah, and, and like Steve Jobs, he has a great quote about vision. He says like someone has to be a keeper and a reiterator of the vision. Yeah. So he pretty much says like when you're taking like, like back in the day when he's starting Apple, you see this. You see this massive vision of like what Apple could be, and then uh, it's like a, it's a thousand steps. So someone has to keep reiterating like 
it's not just a mirage out there, you know. We're Someone actually, has to be the keeper. Yes, yeah, it's, it's like it's like he's the quote is like it's not just a mirage out there, but we just have to keep taking the steps. It's it's I think I butchered it, but it's something that he talks something about that. But pretty much what he means is like, you know, when you look at a company like Apple or like Steve Jobs, like when you think of when you think of like Apple, you think of Steve Jobs, right? And it's like it's because of the vision, right? It's a, he 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 almost ingrained that vision so strong that like I think any great company you can see that like even like like I don't know Nike you you, you think of like Michael Jordan, yeah. right? And it's like. You, it's like it's it's a, it's the vision of like one person or like someone or maybe even a group, and it just a, it it holds people together and it's it's, yeah. it's even a sign of leadership too, because it ties people to like the direction where they're going, mm. and that's why I think like the most evolutionary companies in the world they're all like they have that visionary quality, right? Because and it's it's it's, it's interesting it's interesting yeah straight up hundred percent I agree. I wonder what Uber's vision is. You know, do you know what Uber's vision is? You know, uh, like, like, do you know their mission, vision statement, or something? I don't know. I like. I know Facebook's vision. I know Zucker because Zuckerberg he says he wants to like connect the world together, right? And you look at Facebook and like, that's what they're doing. Like they have Instagram, Facebook, like all like WhatsApp. Like they they're literally connecting the world together. They're putting internet in like third world countries, and you know, I, I guess they get a lot of hate on the media right now. But it's it's interesting that like you know. He's still he's still working hard, like, even with under under all the pressure. Like he's still working really hard to try and make this thing happen. Yeah. And it's like, what really? What's the reason why? And it's it's because of the vision. Right. So I, the vision is definitely important. I think. Wow. That's interesting how you talk about Facebook like that. Because that's crazy. You know that's crazy. Like no Mark Zuckerberg's vision. And now Facebook is everywhere, man. Yeah, it is. It, like it's, and it started in Boston too. Think about that. It started in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like the least like. Well, I guess it is a tech tech hub, but like, you wouldn't expect it to start in Boston. No. But um, I guess coming back to you, Kevin. Uh, I guess I want to kind of wrap this podcast with a couple more questions. But I want to talk about if you could go back to fourteen-year-old Kevin. You know, back in the days, uh, still in school, what, what advice would you tell him now? Hmm. What advice would I tell him? 14-year-old? Uh, yeah, 14, kind of like teenage Kevin back in, like, your youth. I would, you know, I would tell the 14-year-old Kevin... I would tell him to travel. Go travel by yourself. Somewhere. 14. Don't worry about where. Or actually, leave the country. Leave Canada. Mm -hmm. Go by yourself for six months and come back. So so that must mean that traveling has definitely played an important role in your life. Yeah, 100%. Being independent, having to find my own way, mm-hmm. and like to be me, fully responsible for myself. Not someone relying to help me and cook for me like my parents, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm in a place where I don't know, where it can be dangerous. 
will teach me a lot about responsibility, man. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, so is that, like, how you kind of, like, coming back to independence, too, how do you think someone can learn how to be independent or teach themselves to be independent? <laughs> move out? Yeah, move out. Yeah, yeah, move, move out. <laughs> out of Baron's house? Or... I think... I, I think it first starts with being... Knowing what I want first. Knowing what I want. So it's some internal work, right? I need to be clear on my, what I want mm. and my vision for my life, my personal vision, right? Um, you don't have to think about your vision, mission, mission, vision right now. But I'm talking about being clear on like my own vision for my life. Where mm-hmm. do I want to go? Where do I want to be? Or at least have a good idea, right? Because I know being young, sometimes some of us don't have that clear vision yet right but being independent I don't know knowing what I want and also asking for what I want clearly for what I want like asking people exactly what I need yeah actually that's interesting too because my other friend Brent he um like he had a similar saying for like some advice he'd give him his old self yeah he said he would he would ask like it was something like he would ask what he wanted or he would figure out how to ask what he wanted more clearly and, and then like go after it or something like that. It was, it's interesting. I said that, but I guess, um, I guess we'll wrap the podcast there and I'm just going to, I want to thank Kevin for coming on and acknowledging him, Lewis house style for, uh, starting warrior leadership and, you know, changing the direction of his life and leading himself internally and, uh, wanting to do some good in the world. So, I guess I'm just going to pass over the mic to Kevin and let him add some last touches. Maybe one if you were to find him on social with Warrior Leadership and any last words he has for the podcast. Yeah, I just want to say thank you. I'm so honored to be here, you know, to be with you. And just, you know, may, like some of you, maybe if you're listening to the, the podcast, you know, I, have, I felt a great connection being with you, uh, Jeremy, today. Yeah, no worries, dude. You know, how to get some strong connection. I just want to thank you for that opportunity to help you. You know, I, I, um, if you're watching, I, I don't know what kind of challenges you're going through right now in your life. I don't know what kind of problems that you're experiencing. Because I know you. there's probably tons, right? I know there's probably tons of things that are hurting you in your life. And maybe there's a part of you that wants to quit or kill yourself or just give up and look you could you could do all that you could do it but imagine what they would say in your funeral when that happens imagine the people that you could have helped imagine the people that were relying on you that need you that care about you and that want to see you win So, and I know that's me and Jeremy here in the podcast today. So if you want to contact me, you can always reach me. Um, My website's truewarrior.ca. I would love to have you in our master classes or do our trainings or just want to connect with me, right? You can connect with me at um, my number. You can call me personally at 587-999-1361-587. 999-1361 and I'm looking forward to adding value to your life. So, 
thank you again. All right, there you have it. And uh, yeah, I just want to wrap the podcast with, um, you know, if you're going through anything, you know, just don't quit because uh, at the end of the day, no one can, like, it, it, it comes down to you. And just like Kevin went from someone who was in a gang and, you know, completely switched the direction of his life, I think at every single person, every single human being has to make those internal decisions. And at the end of the day, you just have to play in the game long and things usually work out. So I'll see you guys in the next episode of the Zenfluence podcast. <laughs>